The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the show you're listening to rail sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters and what matters to me wow this is uh you know this is kind of a tough one <clears throat> but i'm going to tell you what matters to me after uh getting a chance to spend the weekend in the city of brotherly love i guess it's my second home uh, of course uh the heart of it all will always be my first home i've been in ohio in specific the hall of fame city and then, of course, the, the city of brotherly love, which I spent uh, a great number of years there. Children were born there. Got adopted as my second home. And, uh, you know, I think we get about four quarters in life. So this, this third one, I'm adjusting to Phoenix, Arizona and, and loving it. I might say that. But what matters to me? I think I have to say this because it matters to me and it should matter to everybody else out there in the world of sports. And that is, it ain't over till it's over. It ain't over yet, fellas. There's a lot of teams out there. They may feel as if it's over. It is not over. It ain't over till it's over. That means the game. That means the season. Hell, that even means life. Don't give up. As long as you got another breath, hey, go for it. So uh, let's just, you know, we're going to... Think about that and talk about that a little bit. As I said, I um, had a chance to spend time in the city of brotherly love, and, and it was so special to me. And part of the reason why it was special to me is unknowing to me. When I arrived there, I knew that I was going there. Of course, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles were so gracious. And I, and I first want to thank Jeffrey Lurie and the entire Philadelphia Eagle staff and organization uh, for the invite and the opportunity to come back to uh, visit with the team, spend some time with the fans, watch a, a very, very good football game, and, and see some good players do some good things out there. Uh, even though we came up short, uh, I, ha- I enjoyed my time there. And I certainly appreciate the fact that I'm a member of the family. I was treated like a member of the family, and I certainly appreciate it. So let me say that. Now let me talk about my experience there. First of all, uh, as I said, when I got there, unbeknown to me, I was going to spend the day, at least the early part of the day, signing autographs, taking pictures, having fun with the fans, being a fan like I am now as a former player. Uh, I am no longer a player. I'm a former player. But in this aspect of my life now, I, I, you know, where do you line up at? I, I'm, I'm in the category of a fan. I'm rooting for my favorite team. And, and 
I was there, but I was sharing my experience as a former player with a lot of fans. And it was interesting because uh, I was hoping that my good dear friend, who was my compadre back in the day, uh, you think about tandems. I certainly think about tandems and, and, and how they line up and how they match up when you compare them with their competition. And I certainly think that I was part of one of the best that ever played a game. And, you know, it's not that I'm bragging about my performance. It speaks for itself. But certainly my counterpart, Wes Hopkins, I would take us any day over any other two. Just, hey, line us up and let us do what we do. Let them do what they do. Let the chips fall where they may. I'm sure if you got to flip a coin, if you got me and Wes, you got anybody else, any other two, uh, I let you make that decision. For me, I take me and Hop. Well, anyway, Wes could not make it. Hope all is well, Hop. Um, but the man, <laughs> he's, he's the man. He, he's from that school up north, too. But it's a man that taught me, I, I would say, once I got to the National Football League, in terms of the playbook and, and, and how you should go about your business as a professional, I learned from the best in the business, Randy Logan. And I, I was just, I was, I was really floored because I didn't know Randy was going to be there. I hadn't seen Randy in years, you know. And uh, it was a situation where I told Randy, I, 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 I didn't take Randy's position. Randy handed me his position. It was like passing of the baton. I've done all I can do for this team at this time. My body's beat up, Ray. Um, here you go. You, you take it. You do what you can. And I've always said this, though. My approach to strong safety, I got that from a man, rest his soul in heaven, Todd Bell. Didn't know I was going to play strong safety till they drafted me. When they drafted me, I said, hmm, I got to become a Todd Bell. I got to play the way Todd played. Randy taught me, if you will, uh, the part of the knowledge of the position. Randy taught me that. Todd taught me how to physically attack the position and to do your job. I just, and he, he did it by example of me having a picture in my head of every time that I lined up at corner and the strong safety was on my side of the ball or when we watched films or in the game when I knew the strong safety was on the other side of the ball. One thing that I always was was a student of the game, so I knew what his role and responsibility was going to be. The way he executed and went about it, oh, my God, it's, it's scary and frightening. When I picture in my head, when I see how Todd used to play the game, I've already told you, if you've listened to this show, you know that my wife has told me to stay away from Wes Hopkins on the football field <laughs> and make sure I didn't get in his way. So Wes Hopkins, Todd Bell, and, of course, you know, if I could be any other football player in life, it's Ronnie Lott. Uh, I just love, I, I give it to Ronnie. Uh, you, know, it, it, you know, sometimes you got, it's hard to say if you're a professional and you're a competitor, it's hard to say that a person is better than you. If you're good and you want to be one of the best or you want to be the best. But when I see, well, well, Jack Tatum's the godfather of them all. But after Jack, of course, there's Ronnie, who I'm sure Ronnie looked at Jack and saw what Jack did and said, okay, I want to be like Jack. And then, of course, there was Ronnie. So anyway, I got a chance to spend time with Randy Logan. And uh, I, I say that because I think sports is so much more than just a game. Sports is something that provides you uh, a way to approach life and the way you approach 
your responsibilities in the sport, you can carry that over. Those are transferable skills, and we talk about that all the time. We talk about the player networking event and got got troop, which is coming up again this year. Of course, of course, at uh, in Houston at the Super Bowl this year. Shout out to Guy, uh, but transferable skills, and they're not necessarily. Something that you do on the football field, you do it the same way on the job because I don't play football on the job. When I'm doing this here in the studio, I'm not playing football. But it's how you approach, how you prepare, your passion that you give for your job that you have from the sport, the way you and, – and if you ever watch a team and there's a lack of emotion and passion that doesn't show up on the field, that team probably isn't going to play. You know, watching the game last night, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, uh, Tom Brady – Early in the game, you know, Tom Brady showed a little passion. Um, why he showed that passion, um, especially when he was probably wrong. <laughs> well, well, he wasn't wrong. Let me say this. When he was wrong, he didn't show any passion. When there was something that was mm, kind of suspect, he showed passion. It was a call he thought maybe he should have got a pass interference call. He didn't get it. Uh, but when he threw an interception, he didn't show any passion. But who knows? Maybe passion shows up differently in time. Maybe he internalizes it. Maybe inside he was like burning up because he threw an interception. Uh, I'm not sure, but it could happen. Um, but, but Randy Logan, back to Randy, if you will. Randy Logan showed me how to play this game. He taught me the position from an intellectual perspective. He taught me what my responsibilities were. He kind of gave me an indication about where about on the field, you should be kind of gave an indication about, you know, how to attack it, at what speed to attack a run, how aggressively to attack it. All those things make so much sense when you're playing a position of strong safety. You go up and you attack it too, too quickly, you take yourself out of the play and the other people aren't there. You know, you, you don't stay in your disguise long enough in the past and everybody knows what you're doing and then they go another way or they go to an, another, you know, another receiver. You know, there, there are so many nuances in this game that if somebody doesn't actually set you down and teach you that, you can have all, it's like, it's just like, it's just knowing your playbook. If you don't know your plays, you don't know where to line up at. You don't know your assignment, you know, and sometimes you think you heard something and, and you see something and remember people disguise in football. So you think they're doing one thing and you think it's one play and it's another play. So you need somebody really there that's willing, that's willing to assist you you know, really, really, really absorb this playbook. And that is so hard to do when you know that person that's there is actually there to one day take your position. We're trying out for this. I'm, a, I'm his backup. And many times a backup, if you've got a guy who really wants to play pro football, he's not comfortable being a backup for a long time. At some point in time, he, he wants your job. He likes you, but he wants your job. Brett Favre didn't want Aaron Rodgers behind him. He knew Aaron Rodgers was a good football player. He knew Aaron Rodgers was very competitive. That, I mean, that, that happens. How do you think Joe Montana felt? Joe, Joe wasn't comfortable with Steve behind him. Now, sometimes you have guys that have great relationships. That's really hard to do, but, but it works. Randy and I had a great relationship. It works because he understood and I understood. But those two people that I mentioned— Rand, three people, Randy Logan, Joe Montana, and Brett Favre, they all played, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years in the league, 16, 17. So when you're 
in the league for that long. Randy probably played about 11, 12. When you're in the league that long, you're okay. When somebody, you know, really, we, we love the game, but I've told you many times, there comes a point in time where even what you love sometimes, other than your family, it gets a little old. And maybe uh, it's time for a new challenge in life. You want to do something else in life. And I, I think for Randy, it can, it can get like that. For, for Joe, I think it maybe got like that. For, for Brett, we, we know Brett was a grandfather. Got like that. But I, I certainly enjoyed the fact that I got a chance to, to stay and spend time with my mentor. I watched everything he did. I watched the good things he did, the bad things he did, made a mistake. Uh, if when he didn't make it, whenever he did something that was good, and that was a lot, I was the first person there to congratulate him. When he come off the field, I'm there to talk to him. I want to I know what he saw, what he did, what he didn't see, what he didn't do. Why didn't he do something? And, of course, I was playing special teams a lot. So uh, when he come off the field, when I come off the field, he'd be coming on. So, but when the offense had the ball, yeah, I, I talked to him. And so a good team has veteran players that have backups that are aware of the fact that next man up, if the backup is there, he needs to be prepared in case something happens to you. And there's going to be injuries on teams. And so if the backup is competitive, that means the backup, when he steps in, he's probably going to be close to the person that got hurt, his performance. You still need that production out of that, uh, out of that individual. And if you don't share that information, then chances are, listen, you, all of you get the same ring. All of you get the same compensation, at least according to the teams that win the championship. Your contract might give you a little more incentive to win the Super Bowl. But when you go down, you don't want your chances of winning the Super Bowl. To, to, you don't want it to end there. You hope the team can, hey, we're good enough. I mean, I'm part of the team, but I'm not the team. So whatever position you play, if you're a starter, you have a role and an obligation to make sure that your backup is also important. So I, I, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to share part of that with you guys. I know uh, we don't have the clock in, the, uh, in here anymore. I guess uh, we'll get the clock back in the studio, but the guys are w with me here on Skype, and they'll let me know because I'm going to be going to a break pretty soon. I'll just let you guys know, uh, of course, when we're going to go for a break. But uh, let me talk a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles, though, uh, because uh, the Philadelphia Eagles game, uh, of which, you know, when we um, got a chance to see the Philadelphia Eagles, out there on the field against the Washington Redskins, everybody who came to that game, by the way, it was cold. It was, it was cold. <laughs> Those people who came to the game, uh, of course, they knew the game was going to be cold. Uh, the players, they knew the game was going to be cold. But I saw some good performance. I saw some good football. I was happy to see. Some good football. I'll tell you what, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about, about the good football. I'm going to try to do the best I can to get my uh, Skype uh, messengers. Okay. Uh, get it working. But uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Eagles and the Redskins. Because the biggest play of the game, the one that sticks with me, Darren Sproles getting hit on a punt. Uh, I, I, punt return. I, I just, I, I'm still not over that yet. That's not, that's not, that, that should be, somebody should go to jail for that. 
So we're going to talk about it a little bit. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. And Phoenix, living like it matters. Take a break. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Form or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, we're going to get into some football. But right now we're going to get into some unsportsmanlike conduct. And I think the National Football League has to take some time out to take a look at their product and understand really what their product on the football field, what it really is. And at times, and I've said this years before, because something happened to me on the football field, and I, I was so pissed when it happened to me that I said I was going to get this guy. And I lined up to get him. And I got him the way I wanted to get him. You know what that means. And so when I look at football today, and they've taken the physicality of the game has been reduced for the purpose of safety. I get that. Punt returning, kickoff returning, catching a pass. I, I would say those are things that are even, and, and running down on special teams. I would say those are things that are probably even more dangerous than a quarterback in the pocket or a running back with the ball in his hands. See, when the running back has a ball in his hands, he knows that all 11 men are coming at him. But the thing about it, when a running back has a ball in his hands and, and, and people are coming at him, they're normally in front of him. They're not behind him. Even if they are on the side, all running backs have the greatest peripheral vision that you could ever imagine. If you could imagine your head being on a swivel and able to go all the way around in 360, 360 degrees, that, that's kind of how a running back's eyes are able to focus even though his neck doesn't turn like that, his eyes have that kind of ability. He really does have eyes in the back of his head, if you will. 
But he is always, the majority of time, very seldom is he ever caught off guard when he's running the ball that he can't prepare himself for someone about to attack him. See, I don't, I don't need to use words other than something that makes you think of something extremely physical and brutal because that's what we're talking about right now. Let, let's, let's forget about tackling. Let's talk about hitting because the hitting aspect of the game is something that the NFL has tried to reduce and take it out of the game for the simple reason is hitting is a big cause of injuries. It's a, a hit is the, the impact of two bodies coming together at maximum force with the intent of one person trying to punish another. That's, that's hitting. Tackling is when you just try to grab them, just get them down, wrap them up, all that stuff. That, that's just, that's tackling. When somebody gets hit, and, and just the term itself, when somebody talks about, did you see someone get hit? then they are letting you know that there was something that was special in terms of the special interest of those who watch sports in unique moments, that this was a unique moment, and this was one of those things you don't forget about. Did you see Ray get hit? Ray didn't get tackled. Did you see Ray get hit? Or did you see Bob hit Ray? That's when you know it's something different, and it's one of those things that's, it's, it's worth your time to take out of your schedule and take a look at it and, and Google it if you can. Find it someplace on YouTube because there's something to that. Now, I say that again because, again, remember I said that's about injuries. The league is trying to eliminate that. So the running back, he can protect himself. Sometimes when you run down on special teams and kick off and punt return, They've taken out the blind side, the unprotected. You can't do that anymore. They've taken that's it, normally that's those are hits. When people get those, they take those, and the result is usually a person on the ground for an p- extended period of time. They've tried to eliminate that because they think that also contributes to long-term health issues. We might talk about that later too. Shout out to all those folks out there that worked on behalf of the players as it pertained to concussions and the type of things that happen to one's brain after continuous hits to the head. I think the judges have called it what it is, and the settlement is going to go ahead. But let me get back to these hits. Special teams can't do that. Can't run out, can't do that. Wide receiver, can't take him out. Can't hit him when he's unprotected. Can't hit him. I, I, I just don't understand why we can't protect the, punt, the person receiving the punt, the punt returner. Because what happened to Darren Sproles, what I witnessed happen to Darren Sproles, is nothing short of assault and battery. Because there's times on a football field where they do talk about, they being the referees and the rules committee, they they talk about certain parts of the uniform being used as, you know, it's it's, it's something, it's, it's used in the wrong way. It's like a weapon. And you're using it in such a way where it's not 
going to be to the advantage of those on the receiving end to be unprotected. They need to protect themselves the best way they possibly can. But some things you do in football, you cannot protect yourself. Now, I'm only saying this because I'm one of those people that used to, you know, I'm, I'm the one trying to attack you. And that's what it is, attack. Don't, don't slow down. Go get him. Full force, full speed, attack him. And explode into his body. These are the kind of words that we use in meeting rooms. You, you talk about attack. You talk about explode. You talk about full force. Uh, you talk about unload. And, and I'm using the word now assault. Because if you were to hit anybody anyplace else outside of the football field, the way Darren Sproles was hit Sunday, the police would take you to handcuff you and take you to jail. This man was totally unprotected. Now, as a, as, a, as a football player, you just don't, you don't do that. You know, you think about, you know, was it intentional? I'm not going to say it was intentional. I'm going to say it, the, I'm going to tell you what was intentional. It was intentional to hit him as hard as he possibly could. It was intentional to, to, to not, try to knock, I'm not going to say it wasn't intentional to, to knock him out. He, you had a kill shot there and you went for it. I don't even want to mention your name because I don't even want to give you any, any glory of what you might think that you hit somebody. And I've hit receivers when they were unprotected, but that was in the rules of the way I played. It was all about intimidation when I played. Now safety is a concern. So I played up under different rules and different regulations. So, so what I did was everything I did was, was legal. This is illegal. This is now we've done the research. We're looking out for the health and safety of people. And you don't just take somebody out like that. And the league, you can't. I'm just waiting to see because, excuse me, I could be a little late. I was flying late last night, just got back. Haven't done the research yet, so I don't know. But the fine should be coming. The fine should be a whole game check for hitting somebody like that. No way in the world a player should be subjected to this. It's already it's all about fear anyway. You try to instill some fear in them because you hit them. Now you, hit, you always hit them legally. But it's the pain and the memory of the last time that person hit you that would be to the advantage of that person if they're out of position that you might drop a ball. But Darren Sproles sitting there unprotected on a punt return and hitting with everything you got and running down the field full speed, I'm totally against that. I think, and I think I got a lot of people who support me. I don't care if it's the Eagles. I don't care what team it is. We, that's not what we want to see. We want to see good, clean football. Was it a cheap shot? Hell yeah, it was a cheap shot. You, you know when a punt returner, you, 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 know, you know you, you hit him early. Uh, in legal play, because of a lack of pass, I, I didn't want to be called for pass interference. I backed off somebody and not hit them because I didn't want to interfere with them. Should have done it. Hell, it was in a, uh, it was in a, in a playoff game. And I was going to be there too early, so I, I didn't hit the guy. But to get there too early, running down the field full speed... And you dream about these kind of kill shots, but you dream about them the right way in the right time. So I, I, my, my point in spending so much time on this is in case the league doesn't know, 
and, and cares about the opinions of those who've played the game because those who played the game, we still have some influence. That's why you get the kind of ruling that you got for the, on the concussions. That's why I think in part why Jeff Fisher's out of L.A. And Jeff, by the way, don't be mad at any of the former players. Certainly not Eric Dickerson. You know, uh, Eric, you know, he, 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 listen, if you want him to be ambassador for the team, you want him to represent the team, when he says something about the team that's not right, we all want to win. And by the way, in this business of media, when us former players take the microphone and we're not critical when we should be critical, then we lose a little credibility. So just understand, guys, you're going to be walking in these shoes sometimes that we're in behind these microphones. So we got to tell it like it is. Right now, Darren Sproles should be at the league office. Today is Tuesday's day off. Demanding Roger Goodell take at least a game check away from the man that hit him. That's all I'm saying. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. We're going to take a break. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, we're getting music on the show. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in. Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters is it ain't over yet, fellas. It ain't over. Now, it's over for some people, but it ain't it ain't over. It ain't over for most people. So, so you just gotta understand that it's <laughs> it ain't over till the season's over. Your season's over. And to some people, your season may end after week 16 of the season, but to other people, you're gonna go into the playoffs. But it ain't over till it's over. And, and, and so let's think about some of those teams now, if you will, who there's some guys that are out. And there's some guys that are uh, on, the, on the borderline. Still got a chance. The Eagles and the Redskins, you know, that was a meaningful game. Certainly for the Redskins, they, they end up winning. For the Eagles, you know, we, it may be over. But, but guess what? The only thing is over perhaps for the Philadelphia Eagles, the opportunity to make it to the playoffs. But I can tell you this. It's not over for the fans of the game. 
it's not over for those diehard. One thing about when you, as a former player, you visit your former team and you get a chance to mix and mingle, you know, as part of your responsibility coming back, uh, is, is to get to know the fans. There are generations of fans following teams. You know this. I don't have to tell you this, but I'm speaking to players now. These memories that the fans have when the Eagles play the Redskins, this Darren Sproles play is going to be one they'll talk about. Darren Sproles play will be one they'll talk about for a very long time. I hate to say it, but the long pass that Deshaun Jackson caught for a touchdown, they're going to be talking about that for a long time. There are special memories that they get that they resonate with them for the rest of their lives. They take their son. There was two and three generations, grandfather, father, son at games. Great-grandfather, grandfather, father, son at games. Lifetime memories, expectations that will be met based upon them watching the Eagles for years and not giving up. All teams should be like that. That's why it's not over till it's over. You, you plan a day for somebody's lifetime memories. For them to talk, they do it on Facebook. You got it. You seen it on Facebook. Memories, something you posted years ago or last year. Facebook puts it up on there. Doesn't it bring back a little emotion to you? So think about if you one of them players and somebody paid one time. Shout out to the Ohio State University. I took my daughter to one football game. She'll remember it for the rest of her life. I'm speaking from the heart. I'm a fan. I'm from the Hall of Fame city, Canton, Ohio. Football players, it ain't over till it's over. Pro football players, it ain't over till it's over. Give the people what they want, their money's worth. I can go to a football game and sit out in the cold if it's a competitive game. I'm going to get to the game last night. Redskins, Eagles, good game. It, it goes right down to the end. That's what we want. That's what we want from Everybody who plays this game, play it safe, play it right, play it hard. Never, it ain't over till it's over. When that clock, that's it. That last gun goes off, that's it. The Eagles and the Redskins, I'm happy with that. Before. I wanted my team to win. I, I had great seats. Wanted my team to win. Good, great game. Wanted my team to win. They didn't win, but when I walked away from that, guess what? That's what I want to know about my team. My team don't give up transferable skills you do the same thing in life you don't give up now there's a couple players on the Philadelphia Eagles team here's what we, you got to stop and think about it because I'm you know Jeff Fisher is a part of the Philadelphia Eagles organization he probably will never say he was but Jeff Fisher was in the buddy Ryan regime that's why I think he got his first real coaching opportunity coach the secondary cut me that's okay Jeff we still boys but it, it's like if you play for the Eagles, you give it all you got. You, you, you just give it all you got. Because that's the kind of people that are in the stands. They give it all they got. They, give you, they, they sacrifice whatever they got to be, whatever they have to do to see a game. They're going to make that sacrifice. That's why them stands been generation of generation of generation. There's a lot of money in Philadelphia. But there's also people making a lot of sacrifices to see that football team. Just keep playing. But this is what you got to do. You got to upgrade the talent. I hate to say this, but I'm gonna be, I got to be honest. I told you this. Now, my reputation is on the line. We got to upgrade the talent. Now, who I, I, I just want to know if, we're, if it's the Philadelphia Eagles. If you're playing against the Philadelphia Eagles, who on the team, who, who, who has you scared? What are you nervous about? What are you worried about? Who's the threat? 
See, that's what you got to have. Somebody's got to be worried about somebody. Shout out to Bobby Taylor. Bobby, man, let me tell you something. There's a couple tandems out there too now. I'll give, I'll give Bobby part of that, that tandem. Bobby and Troy Vincent, I paid to see them play. Pay, paid. Shout out to Doc too. Hall of Fame, I think, I think Doc, first rounder. You know, he, he's up now. You know, hey, yeah, this is his first go at it. Yeah, he's in right now. Get him in now. That was a good, Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent. Doc? Oh, man. Brian Dawkins? Come on. Right now, what unit in the Philadelphia Eagles is a threat to anybody? Is it your running backs? Is it your wide receivers? Is it your offensive line? Is it your linebackers? Is it your special teams? Where is your threat? What is your threat? What is your identity, as they say today? I, I don't, I'm not all into that. But I want to know what unit is producing so much that, guess what? Them, them the bad boys right there. Shout out to Will Smith. You know that. Bad boys. Who are the bad boys on the Philadelphia Eagles? Who are you afraid of when you line up? Who are you game planning for against the Philadelphia Eagles? Folks upstairs, you got to get it right. They can only play with the talent you give them. The coaches can only work with the talent you give them. That's why when Jeff Fisher's out right now, I'm going to also, I'm going to stand up for Jeff. What kind of talent did you give him? Since the greatest show on turf, what real talent has the Rams had? Somebody who's just, I want to, people talk to me now, today. They ask me questions. Uh, I'm sorry, Reggie White can play today. Yes, sir, Reggie White could play today. I played with a couple of them. Ozzie Newsom could play today. Hanford Dixon, Frank Minifield play today. Where are the great athletes, the great ball players at that people going to remember them from the Philadelphia Eagles? That's all I want to see, man. I want to see somebody that, you know, okay, he get it done. Now, I'm, I, it just right now, I just don't see it where they're getting it done and they putting it in. Hell, I remember, you know, at the end of the season, who's, who's pissed off right now? Who's pissed off? Shout out to the Seahawks. Because somebody needs to be on the sideline pissed off that their team ain't performing right. This is not charity. Don't take that money. You, you, you should step up on payday on Monday with your head high, knowing that you did your thing. I don't see it in that locker room. I didn't see it on the field. Deshaun Jackson, every time he, he makes a point to come back to Philadelphia and let them know, really? You really, you really let me go, right? Really? Somebody answer that question for me. Uh, what, Deshaun Jackson is still in the league. Deshaun Jackson has not been fined for on the field or off the field antics that is embarrassing to the brand. Why is Deshaun Jackson not still with the Philadelphia Eagles? But he's in the National Football League and one of the greatest threats that ever played this game of pro football. And he was traded? Really? Did the, what quarterback could he not get along with? What, what, how was he a nuisance to the team? I just don't get that part of it. But what I do get and I do understand, you can't win. You can't go deep into the playoffs. If you just have 
average ball player. They're all average at the professional level I'm talking about. You, 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 where's the pro bowlers? Multiples. And those who aren't pro bowlers, where are the guys who aren't pro bowlers that should have been pro bowlers that are pissed off? You, you, you see what I'm saying? So you should, have, you should have guys that are pro bowlers balling. You should have guys that didn't make the Pro Bowl that's pissed off because they knew they performed well enough to make the Pro Bowl, but you can only have your whole damn team can't go to the Pro Bowl. But they should be playing at that level. That's not happening with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's not happening. Who's going to take the ball the distance, whether it's a run, well, pump return Sproles I, I got to give it up to Darren so I've always liked that young man That man plays ball Been playing ball for a long time He's in the record books With the San Diego Chargers already He, he, he made I think they're all 50 <laughs> team Not you know 50 years Collectively of talent He was one of the best for them And, and, and with the Philadelphia Eagles You know special teams wise Some of the stuff he does He's, st he's still probably the biggest threat that we had now, of course, Shady McCoy should still be there. He's not there. Complimented him. He should still be there, but he's not there. But all I'm saying right now is the Philadelphia Eagles, the folks upstairs, have to find better talent to really evaluate. They're already talking about if Peterson should go. The man hasn't had time yet. Give him some talent. Give him some talent. You, you, you might recall years ago, Chucky won a Super Bowl with the team of which Tony Dungy had, but he had talent. And so when they let the coach go, they, I guess they felt that they had enough talent, maybe a couple other pieces, but this was enough talent. They should be winning the Super Bowl. They should have won the Super Bowl. I think Tony was going to get them to win the Super Bowl. You know, Tony won his Super Bowl, but I think Tony would, that team would have won a Super Bowl. Tony, would, he was right there. But Chucky came in, inherited that talent, won a Super Bowl. A lot of times there's just a couple pieces missing. But when you don't have good players, very good players, you got, you got very, you, all players again are good, but when you don't have some superstars on your team, before you get rid of that coach, the people upstairs got to give that coach something better to work with. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Because there were some good guys playing last night and on Sunday that we haven't talked about yet. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. Last night was a perfect example, if you will. The Baltimore Ravens did not give up. It wasn't over. The Baltimore Ravens played, they were down maybe 15 points. They didn't give up. You play till the game is over. You play it out. Somebody motive. You don't have to. You don't have to scream at anybody if you know that your guys are giving your best. Nobody lost their composure last night except Tom. Tom got a little emotional. Tom, of course, on the other side. You don't have to say Tom's last name. You know who Tom? That's Tom. Tom Brady. Okay. But those two teams last night, they don't. They know. They know. They understand. It ain't over till it's over. Belichick was not comfortable. In the first half, regardless of what the statistics say about how when he's up and, you know, at halftime at home, the winning percentages, <laughs> you know, in the playoffs, he, he understands that. He's been beat twice by the Ravens. These are good teams. You, you know, sometimes it's like I always talk to my daughter. By the way, I'm a proud papa <laughs> who has to say happy birthday to my. And I want you to understand, I, I never get this. I don't misspell it. But back in the day, before they had it, I always called my special little, sweet little mm, angel, Gabrielle. I always called her daddy baby girl. Not daddies, but daddy baby girl. In the movie, Eddie Murphy came out with daddy daycare. Not daddy's daycare, but daddy daycare. I was always and already and still to this day, call her Daddy Baby Girl. So today, happy birthday, Daddy Baby Girl. Uh, I think the weather's a little warmer out there in Malibu, but enjoy yourself. So anyway, let me get back to this talent and the, and the ability and not giving up and, 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 and Belichick knowing that the Ravens weren't going to give up. And also, there's another game, Cowboys, the Giants. See, th- these are teams right now that are competing with each other. The, the, Cowboys, did- the Cowboys didn't give up. The Giants, that was a good, the- two good games. Those teams, I think, will go deep into the playoffs. Now, I- the Giants probably will sneak in there somehow. Cowboys are going to be there. But there's two players that I want to say this about. 
First of all, let me give Tom Brady his credit because I don't want this show to go off of me. Now, he's from that school up north, but I'm going to tell you what, it's the conference. So I will embrace, embrace him a little bit. But I got to give that man his credit. I mean, when you look at, first of all, just look at the balls that he's throwing now. It's winter t- It's in New England. You know how cold it is? Look at the spiral. Look how he, how he, the command of the ball that he has. His balls are not, you saw some guys this past weekend throwing balls way behind him, slipping out their hand. What does Tom Brady have so special? But the man, when you say quarterback, just put Tom Brady's picture there. You know how the NBA, and, and, they, and they have Jerry West is the, is the logo for the NBA. Okay, quarterback, not NFL, but quarterback Tom Brady's the logo. He just stands up there, perfect everything. And gets it done. And, and maybe me hear some things about some imperfections later on in his life. But as a football player, a quarterback, I want Tom Brady to be my I'm going to be honest, man. I want Tom Brady to be my quarterback. The man, look at the different players that he's played with. Yeah, we can probably, the only reason why we can mention or remember so many of their names is because they've caught so many passes. Now, that's something else we need to talk about, too. His receivers catch the ball. I hate when receivers drop the ball, and I hate when DBs drop interceptions. Catch the ball. But Tom Brady puts the ball in a position where nobody can catch it but his receiver. Yeah, he threw an interception last night, but okay, that's, that's all right. But one thing, these games, these three games I've talked about, the Eagles, the Redskins, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Ravens, and the Patriots, it ain't over till it's over. You got to keep playing the entire time. I want the guys that are on the teams that are out of it. This show is really for you. It ain't over. Your season ain't over. Your production ain't over. You still got money on the table for incentives. But more than that, as a professional, more football will be watched in this next two, three weeks than all season long. Give the fans what we deserve. Play to a level where we can't turn the game off because we're going to miss something. Please don't give the husbands or the wives that like football a reason that the other one in the family doesn't like football to turn the channel. You don't turn the channel during holiday season when football's on. You watch the game because it ain't over till it's over because the fellas are going to give you everything they got. Because guess what? If you don't, right now, those teams that are mathematically out of the playoff picture, they making decisions on your life. What's going to happen to you next year? They are deciding, guess what? Uh, (laughs) Shout out to my man, Kelvin Fisher, the director of uh, (laughs) college scouting for the Buffalo Bills. They looking at a player that can take your position next year. Now, Kelvin didn't tell me that. But I just assume that's part of his responsibility if there's a lack of production from somebody, particularly right now. We might need to improve the production in that position, so we might want to be looking for somebody that plays that position in college right now. Those of you college players, it's bowl time coming up for you. Get your game face on. It's time to get ready, man, because they're coming at you. The people with, who write the checks, they come, they're looking for you. <laughs> they're they ready. This is just a time. Now, let me, let, me, let me go back if I will. Because I, I want to talk about, like I said, it ain't over till it's over. Jeff Fisher. I want to make a case that sometimes it's hard for coaches when you got scouts out there that are supposed to be looking at talent in college, and they do. Shout out to those good scouts. 
But those good scouts identify talent and they bring it back. And then the general manager gets together with whoever else is in charge and then they draft these guys. And then the coaches are stuck with these guys and they got to get the best out of them. And then the players got to respond to the coaching. That, that's how, see, everybody is tied into somebody else's job. Every one of those players on the field, what he does affects somebody else's job. They gave him an opportunity to play, but you know ultimately what they want him to do is to perform at the highest level because he affects their job if they get a paycheck. And so they don't want it to be over. Those people that are in those positions of, you know, scouts and general managers and coaches, they don't want it to be over till they decide to retire. Players, you don't want it to be over till you decide to be t- you decide to retire. So it ultimately comes down to that player has to perform, but these other aspects of getting that player on the field have to be done correctly. And then don't get a player that's going to give up. You just can't. You cannot do this. You can't throw in the towel. If you're a superstar athlete and you're on a bad team and you think mathematically you may be out of the playoffs, you can't tank it right now. It's not time for you to do that. First of all, great players don't do that. So I shouldn't even have to mention that. But don't do that to the fans right now. Because right now, like I said, it's the best football of the year. Close it out on a high note because it's time to start talking money. Christmas presents, life after football, all those things. Right now is the time when you – because really the hardest time to perform is when you think there's no reason to perform. I remember Ricky Waters saying one day, for who, for what? Well, right now the for who, for what is you. What can you do to make you better? Because if you better and you are you, there's a you next to you. There's a you next to him. There's a you next to him. There's a you upstairs. A you above that man upstairs. A you, you see, it's about you. Look in the mirror. Get it done. Give us a Christmas present. Make this the best football season we've ever had. Because every game, every man realizes it ain't over till it's over. I want to thank those people out there in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. You know what? You know how we do that. E A G L E S. I thank you for that. I thank you for supporting me all those years. Those pictures that we took, I tried to smile on just about every one of them. I didn't always get it out. I didn't get it out on time, but we had a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to my man Nelson. <laughs> it's been a long time since I seen Nelson, who works there at the at the stadium. Uh, good friend, good man. Merry Christmas to him and his family. Merry Christmas to all of you. We're gonna have another show, but you know I want to say it a little early. But players. It ain't over till it's over. Get it done so we can have some fun. All right? You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.